Welcome to the first episode of the Actors' Lounge podcast with me, Billy Dean. And with me, Andy Wolf. The Actors' Lounge is an actors' coaching collective founded by professional actor and international acting coach Abigail Boyd. The first acting workshops were established at Canterbury, bringing a much-needed professional level of acting coaching to south of the capital. And due to its success in Canterbury, the Actors' Lounge continues to expand with new workshops opening in Eastbourne. For more information, go to theactorslounge.co.uk and you can also find the link in our description. In each episode of this podcast, we'll be talking about all things acting related, ranging from hints for those of you just starting out and wondering how to find the right classes, to tips for those more experienced actors who are thinking about getting the right headshots and showreels together. Plus, we'll be interviewing professional actors and acting coaches to hear about their experiences and wise words on navigating the world of stage and screen performances as well as keeping you up to date on all things acting related going on in the southeast so without further ado let's start off this first episode by quickly introducing ourselves your podcast hosts so billy would you like to kick things off by telling us a little bit about your good self sir so my name is billy dean i am an actor based in faversham kent And I have been acting since I was a little kid. I started acting at probably the age of seven and did my first professional piece, my first paid piece, um, at the age of 11 for a small theatre company based here in Canterbury. Um, Since then, I went on to teach drama. I decided many, many years ago I was going to try and make acting my profession. Unfortunately, as with a lot of people, real life got in the way. I went away. I had a son. I taught drama. I love teaching drama and I love how inspired people can get by it. Recently, I have decided to focus back on my acting career. Within the short time that I've been focusing on it, I've joined the Actors' Lounge. I've enjoyed every single minute of it and it has really got those guns blazing again. I am back out in the field. I am inspired by meeting everybody and hearing their stories and trying to find a way to navigate this world. And I cannot wait to be back on the stage at the Edinburgh Fringe. That is my goal at the moment, to find a way that I can get there and afford to get there, obviously. I've decided very recently that I might look at putting on a small one-man play, providing I can get the rights to it, so I'm not going to tell you the name of that play at the moment. I have recently done a short commercial for Screwfix and B&Q for one of their tall brands. And I have got myself signed with a lovely agent. We get along very, very well. And I cannot wait to see what the future holds. Lovely. So Andy, if I can leave that with you and you can tell us a little bit about yourself. I'll try to be brief. Uh, My name is Andy Wolf. I'm a freelance film editor and motion designer. I started out in music many years ago as a guitarist gigging around London from the age of 14 in places I shouldn't have legally been in. Um, I later studied classical guitar at Guildhall. My first acting experience was as part of my music course where I had the choice of doing a 10K word essay for a module called Words Music Theatre or to put on a short play. As a dyslexic, I thought, ah, a play would be much easier, wouldn't it? Which it obviously wasn't. (laughs) I did Samuel Beckett's Crap's Last Tape which was quite well received to the point where the tutor said you might be on the wrong degree course mate but i was halfway through my music degree so anyway i properly came into acting much later in life in my early 40s and trained for two years at a theater in ealing doing an introduction to acting and advanced performance 
After that, I did some theatre work, but I really wanted to get into screen acting, so did some more training with wonderful Mel Churcher at Pinewood Studios and Joe Kelly in LA. Did the rounds on student and indie movies, worked some semi-professionally and had a little EastEnders stint just before the pandemic. Then the pandemic kind of took the wind out of my sails, um, plus I found myself agentless. So I turned to filmmaking, writing and created a short series which is doing really well at film festivals. Anywho, so I've recently got right back into acting again, um, gained a lovely new agent in the new year and started workshops at the Actors Lounge to get me back into the groove, which has been brilliant so far. So yeah, that's me in a rather large nutshell, possibly a coconut shell. Well, this episode, we have a very, very special guest on. Of course, being our first episode, we couldn't think of anybody better than the wonderful Abigail Boyd, the founder of Tao, who tells us about her journey as an actor, as a coach, and how she feels about the way Tao has developed into something much more than just a general acting class. We're going to be looking at what's going on in the southeast, in the stage, the film, and we're going to hear about the life of a working actor. Okay, so Abigail, let's start by asking a few questions about yourself and how the Actors' Lounge came about. How the Actors' Lounge came about? Well, um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I can, I can give you a little bit of a background of, of myself and, and what led me up to to the Actors' Lounge. I mean, I, I trained as an actor at the Guildhall School of Music and Drama um, uh, about 20 odd years ago now. Um, and uh, after I finished training there, I worked as a, a professional actor for about 10 years, mainly in theatre. Um, I did a lot of uh, international and UK tours. I worked at Shakespeare's Globe and I, yeah, worked, uh, I, I worked, did a lot of sort of corporate jobs as well and, and kept my hand in, in teaching and um, like did some hospital role play when I was, you know, resting. And <laughs> yeah. it came after the end of those 10 years, I, um, uh, and it was sort of back in the day where it w you were more pigeonholed in terms of whether you were a theatre actor or a TV and film actor. And, and I was really itching to, to do some film and TV work. Um, and so because I think I've just always had that nature um, and I encourage my students to do this as well, is to, to create your own work. I yep. set up a production company, <laughs> um, totally no, no experience, but a friend of mine had, um, had written this TV series which I read and I absolutely loved. And I thought it was really a great, a great premise, great idea. Um, she was also a Guildhall alumni and she had uh, cast herself as one of the leads and cast me as one of the leads, obviously. Um, so it was a vehicle for, you know, ostensibly it was a vehicle for us to, to, to act. Um, but also at the same time, it, it, I, as I w stepped into this producer role, I just loved it. And I, and I don't think I ever thought I would love anything as much as I did acting. You know, it was, it was just one of those moments of, wow, I, I, I loved the organizational uh, aspect of it. I loved the creativity. I loved the, um, getting everybody together and, and helping support them be the best that they could be. And, and, and really being a team and, and working together to produce something. <clears throat> and, um, 
we were very fortunate and got Danny Dyer on board quite early on. And um, he uh, he was really a catalyst for everybody else coming on board. Was he uh, another Guildhall person? He's not, no. And actually, it was a really uh, interesting story because um, we... It, again, it was back in the day where there, there we naivety is just so, such a such a blissful state of being. We just <laughs> sent his agent the um, the the script, and, uh, and and talk about serendipity as well. There was the the generally when an agent gets something like that, they'll open it and read it, and sometimes they'll pass it on, and or sometimes they'll they'll. Kind of think, okay, no, this isn't a project that they'll be interested in. You know, they're a bit of a, a gatekeeper, obviously. That's what yeah, yeah, most yeah. of what their job is, obviously. And that's that's uh, a, a lot of the time a good thing. Um, but there was a, a temp in that day, and she received the script, saw Danny's name on it, and just thought, oh, that's for Danny Dyer, and just sent it straight to his house. Oh, what luck! <laughs> nice. And and Danny read it and loved it so much, just picked up the phone to us straight away and said, I, yeah, I want to be in it. And we, like, we were just wow. like, um, and so, yeah, we went on this journey. We, we did a promo. Um, we got a little bit of investment um, and we were doing the rounds of um, uh, channels and we got to ITV and ITV took it and uh, picked it up and commissioned it. Um, but we went on a journey with them for about six to eight months where we were doing some rewrites and then eventually they dropped oh, it. Oh, what a shame. And so, but, it, and it was this real, like, um, incredible journey though, because I, my learning curve was, was so, uh, steep and, um, mm. I met some incredible people, people that I still work with. How long after leaving, um, actor's school, uh, the Guild Hall did... You start doing this. Was this an instant thing? No. So that was 10 years. That was 10 years. I'd, I'd left. Yeah. And, you know, we worked with uh, Nick Pitt, who's a BAFTA award winning producer. And um, he, uh, he does black, he did black mirror, Garrow's law, silent witness. Um, and it was funny because we were in the ITV towers on the South bank and he, we had this meeting and they basically, uh, he, they, it was a really positive meeting. They were really keen. And, um, we walked out and we were going down to the, in the lift. And when he got to the bottom, he called his agent and he said, you know, I think they, uh, they, they really liked it. And his agent said, I know they've already called me. They want it. They want to take it. Mm. And, um, you know, so it was just, he just said, we meetings don't go like that. So, but you know, it, as I said, it was such a, a brilliant experience and, um, no regrets from it at all. And, and I really, for, after that, learned so much. And again, this is something uh, that I also, my production experience bring into the classroom as well. Uh, you know, having been on that side of the the camera or the, the side of the industry, I suppose, and um, having, you know, understanding how how we, we cast and things like that. So, so that sort of kind of chapter came to an end. Um, and then, uh, a friend of mine, uh, asked me if I wanted to start an acting school and I was like, well, why not? <laughs> well, I'd always liked teaching and I'd always, um, uh, enjoyed that side of it too. So, um, I, we, we went straight head on into the, the that school and it, it became really, um, popular and it, it, it grew and, um, I was there for about a year as, as it, 
it, it slowly expanded. Again, learned lots of things. And was this uh, your first experience of sort of teaching on a mainstream level rather than just helping people out? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and it was it was our own business as well. So it was it was from the business aspect I was learning a lot as well. Um and uh after a year, actually during that year, I, I fell pregnant. So I I started a family and um and had my two children. So I I stepped back a lot from from that and, and mm-hmm. I was happy to do that. And I think um it was, it was, my, my business partner was really sort of running with it. And I, and I thought that actually that's, that's a, a really good thing for him to do. Um, and so, um, I, I stepped back f- from it, but, um, from that and during that time, I was getting a lot of, um, interest in one-to-one coaching and a, a lot of requests for me to, to coach mm-hmm. one-to-one, um, which was perfect because it, you know, it's, uh, fitted around my, um, family life. And, um, I was able to, to see clients, um, quite regularly. And then, um, one of the, uh, top agencies in London started to, um, send me clients of theirs. So I was, um, coaching, you know, TV stars, film stars, you know, West End stars. And, and it was, it was really, uh, I, I love one-to-one coaching. It's really, it's so, it's, it's, you can really go so in, so in depth with, with a person and, um, uh, obviously classes are, are really beneficial as well because you, you start, you have to then act with people. Yes, yeah. you know, I think one-to-one coaching is really beneficial. Um, yeah. So I, 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 I continued on, continued on with that. Um, and then, uh, actually before, cause then we were in London, um, and, uh, before we moved to Canterbury, uh, one of my clients turned to me and said, Abigail, like, what, why are you not acting anymore? Cause, and, and actually mm-hmm. I'd sort of forgotten that I wasn't acting anymore. I'd sort of, I, got, I was, oh yes, no, I don't, I'm, I'm not doing that anymore. Um, cause I'd sort of taken a break. And I said, yeah, no, why am I not doing it? And so I got back in touch with my agent um, and, uh, and I got, I actually then um, got an, another agent who I'm, I'm with today, who's just amazing. Uh, and yeah, started. And I, I went for, for the first audition I went for after 10 years I got, awesome. <laughs> like, it was great. one of these amazing, it was a t- an ITV series. And I, and I said to my agent for, I said, can you just not send me a, an audition for a while? Cause I'm, I've got a hundred percent hit rate at the moment. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> what a confidence boost that must've been. Really. Uh, it, yeah. And that was a real, that was a really lovely boost, but, but you know, I, I think the reason I was, I, I was ready because I'd been coaching, because I'd been teaching and I'm in these one-to-ones and I was coaching myself. This is yeah. what, again, what I, I, I say to students, if you can teach and you can, you can pass on this information and, and, and craft and this, this love of it. And, and the more you're in class, the more you practice, the, the more you're well, with. You're also learning of other people, aren't you? Mm, keeping so the tools sharp Absolutely. Well. Absolutely. So just, just going back ever so slightly. So just to recap for everybody, because that is one hell of a, an experience you've had in, in the acting mm. world. So, so you went to, to Guildhall, you, you studied drama, stepped out into the wide world of acting, um, went on to produce an 
a documentary which was taken up by ITV. Let's go back before that if we can. So I want to know about you and I want to know about sort of um, the background of you, what it was like for you growing up. Had you always wanted to be an actress? Um, had you decided from a young age it was going to be film, TV? Um, were, you, were you going to be on a stage? And can you remember your first acting role? <laughs> I certainly can remember my first acting role, yeah. Um, so my first acting role was as King Herod um, in the Nativity play, and I was about five or six years old. Um, and I, I remember my mum, because I was at a, a school where there were boys and girls, um, my mom, I remember my mum asking the teacher, like, why are you casting her as King Herod when there are boys? In yeah. the and my teacher said, it's because she's got stage presence. And, um, mm. and I, uh, I look back on that and I think, wow, it was really, um, I, I remember going on stage and having this confidence and the confidence came from not just the love of being on stage, but because I was really relaxed. I, you know, I just, I just didn't have any preconceptions about how people might judge me or think about me. I was just, I was just there just being, being. Um, and I know Ken Ray talks about this a little bit, um, uh, in, in terms of, uh, uh, sort of charisma and, and, and stage presence and how, we, uh, we can maybe unlock that and, and, and teach that. Um, and there's, he, he speaks about it in terms of an energy transferal. Um, it, mm. when you have presence there, there is, uh, an energy that you send out. Um, and then there's charisma, which is reciprocal. So, uh, I, I think we can all uh, relate to that uh, feeling of maybe if you're staying, if you're standing on stage and you can really send out energy. Yeah, actually, anyway, mm -hmm. stage or not just on stage, but even in a room, you can, you can. And so, in order to actually have that stage presence and draw people in, you need it to be reciprocal. So you send yeah. it out, but you're willing to receive it. Like, tell, I'm going to bring you it's in. It's almost empathetic of the audience's feeling without actually acknowledging them or knowing about them. And I think, you know, the, that for me is, th therefore, relaxation, I, I think you can only get to that point if you're relaxed. And that for me, ho the holy mm. grail of acting for me is, has always been relaxation. If you can get on stage and just feel like you just let that flow go. And that's not about just, you know, letting go of tension. It's about being being feeling like this is where I belong. And I don't, I don't, I have no fear of judgment. I'm, I'm just gonna, and I have no fear of making any mistakes. I'm just going to be here. I find it very interesting that you say that because part of, I'm sort of going to jump a little bit back and forth here. Part of the reason why I have um, enjoyed the Actors' Lounge so much is because of what you're saying there, that feel of not being judged, having a place I can experience and play. And you are right. It is something that I used to feel when I was younger until societal pressures decided to dwell on me heavy. Yeah. And as is, you know, that's what we do. We, we have to sort of socially condition ourselves. Don't we? This is what we do to children. Mm. We socially mm. condition them so that they, you know, you're not screaming in public or you're not crying. Or no, you're not just, you, know, you mm. have to kind of become... Uh, a person we, uh, and this is, I guess this is another subject for another uh, podcast, but uh, talking about the actor's block and how that relates to, to that very much. Um, 
but yeah, like going back to your question, I always knew I wanted to be an actor. I just, there was absolutely no question for me. I, in fact, I remember um, when I was uh, auditioning for drama school, I auditioned for four drama schools um, and uh, I got recalled for all of them. Uh, but as I was going through the recalls, uh, I got rejection, rejection letters from two of them. And, and as I got those letters, I was just like, hold on. <laughs> like, don't you know I'm going to drama school? <laughs> this doesn't make sense. What are you doing? <laughs> Clearly, this is my route. Like, I don't have any other... It, it wasn't even a thought in my head that I wouldn't get in. Mm. That was my journey. That was, this is my path. So what, were there other members of your family there who were also performers? Was your mum and dad into mom the Mum and dad, not at all. Um, my siblings, I have uh, a brother and a sister, and we all three of us went to drama school. And are they su- as successful as you are? Well, <laughs> my sister had an, uh, has, has had an amazing career in the States. Um, she, yeah, she moved over there. She married an American, um, but then ended up in uh, the, the movie Titanic. She's been in Mr. Holland's Opus. Mm. She's, she had a um, Meow Mix commercial, which, you know, she did really, really well. Um, my brother went into the music industry um, and went into music management. Uh, but yeah, both of them really, the, the, obviously the, the talent and the, 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 the desire to be on stage was, was strong with all three of us. Yeah. There was some kind of confidence there. Your parents sort of embedded in you all that, um, said that you can do this. Yeah. Or we were just all show offs. I don't know. One of the two. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The competition for attention. My my parents were so supportive and uh, of all of us and they never once questioned what we, uh, what we were going to do even though I know it would have made my dad happy had I gone to Oxford or Cambridge, but <laughs> when, you know, like when I made the decision and I, he knew, he just knew. But without being too intrusive, what was it your parents did for a, for a living? I'm just intrigued. Uh, well, my mum did every, I mean, but actually both of them did everything and anything. Um, my mum was the cook for the Marcus of Bristol at one point. We actually live in the East Wing of a National Trust uh, place, home. But that was just for two years. And she, uh, then she owned her own pizza parlour and did that. Uh, she did B&Bs. She uh, did, was a secretary. Uh, my dad was mainly, he was in the uh, Air Force for a while, but then he went into sales. So... Mm-hmm. And he did lots of different sales jobs throughout his life, really. But funnily enough, both of those backgrounds are to do with interacting with people. I mean, having worked in catering for a fair amount of time myself, it's that being able to relate to people and uh, interact. Yeah, so that must have fed in somehow, I reckon. Yeah, certainly. My mum, I can sum my mum up in one anecdote. She once spent half an hour on the phone to a wrong number. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Who is that, Mum? Oh, I don't know. It was the wrong number. <laughs> Just gets chatting with people. I would dread going into the supermarket because I knew we'd be there for two hours because she'd meet someone that she knew. And just- That's a talent. That's quite a talent. My, my nan was exactly the same. And everywhere we went, she made an. Well, you, you say, did you know that person? No, not a clue. She, she just chat away to absolutely mm-hmm. everything. She's. I've got her a picture up there. She watches over me no matter what I'm doing, and was my biggest supporter mm-hmm. as well. Coming back a little bit, if we can. Um, so. Following on from that recap, your first role was was Herod, an amazing role to have because there's so much opportunity, so much expression you can do through that. Um, 
growing up, I'm assuming you continued on with the school plays until you decided on that path to drama school. What was drama school like for you? Drama school was amazing. Uh, it, it really was. I mean, I, I take a lot of what I learned at Guildhall into the Actors' Lounge, for sure. Um, and, and actually, recently, one of our uh, lovely teachers, Wynne Jones, passed away, and I was at his funeral about a week and a half ago. And I saw a lot of my old friends and, and uh, students of uh, uh, Guildhall and... Uh, we were we were talking and and reminiscing about you know just how supported and and safe we felt in that environment and how we were really encouraged to support each other and be generous actors and I think actually that's um, why that was one of the the main reasons why Guildhall actors um, were were so recognised in the industry became so uh, respected because of that mm. element of them uh, of of being uh, that set them apart. Mm. Um, and I, as I say, I, I really strive to to bring that into the actors' lounge because I think it's so important, not only to work well within the industry, but also for yourself. It also gives you a, a, a sense of of happiness to be uh, a, 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 of, of service and and of uh, nice within the workplace and and kind and, um. and gentle and uh, respectful um, and to it also helps within the process of of acting because it it helps to remove ego. It, it um. keep, you have to if you keep reminding yourself this is not about me. This is about the whole, the, the, the project as a whole. How can I serve the project? You know, sometimes it'll be about me. Sometimes I'll have the lead role or sometimes I'll have the lines to say. And then I step into that space. And then other times I don't. And I'm here to give all of my energy to the rest of the company. And to tell the story. And yeah, yeah. No, and I think you can tell the difference as well. Even like very good actors. But when someone's doing it from a sort of like a there's a bit of ego behind it. And usually those people can be a little bit fragile as well. Um, but when they're there just literally to, to serve the story, which is really what it should be about, you know, it's a hard mentality to get yourself over that. I think, um, you mentioned when you were at, um, the Guildhall, there was a sense of pride and group and com comradeship, um, amongst your fellow actors. Um, that sort of leads me into some questions about the Actors' Lounge, if you don't mind, because um, I feel that there is a huge sense of that when we attend and if we attend auditions, and I notice other Actors' Lounge performers there, it is like we have a kinship because we're as part of something together in something big. So let me ask you, if I may, um, to tell me a little bit about the Actors' Lounge. How did it start and what has the journey been from your point of being an actress and to teaching with your friend to where we are now? Well, we moved, essentially the, the, it came from a move from London to Canterbury in 2021, uh, in the end of July. And by the September, I had a class of 16 students um, to start a 10 week course. And when we had, when we moved and I thought, okay, this is this, and my children were a little bit older and I, I saw the opportunity to 
you know, go into, go back into teaching a little bit in, in the classroom. And when I <clears throat> looked around for, you know, doing a bit of market research, what was available in the area, um, there was nothing. It was absolutely nothing for adults, lots for youth, loads of amateur dramatics, but, but nothing for like adult actor training. And not just in Canterbury, there wasn't in the whole of Kent, there wasn't. And, and, and I thought, well, I mean, this is either like a, a genius concept, an idea, or there's a reason why nobody's doing it. <laughs> maybe nobody wants to this. Maybe there's no market. Um, turns out there definitely is. I really never had an idea that the Actors' Lounge would do what it has done uh, to this day. I remember leaving for the first class and turning around to saying to my husband, I'll just do one class a, a week. That'll, that'll be enough for me. You know, like just, you know, have a little class, an acting class in Canterbury. That'll be, that'll be nice. Um, and, and so I, I, I didn't have this big vision, this big plan, but what I did have, and what I remember so clearly on that very first lesson is saying to everyone, I want to build a creative community. I want to build a, a community where we can all support one another we can all create work for each other, however big or small that, that will be. You know, even if it was still just those 16 students, like what can we create here? What can we do? Like it's exciting. You know, there's, there's stuff that we can do here. We don't have to go to London. You know, and this is, that's another aspect of it and, and, and how it's now kind of um, uh, when it's growing. It's like, I want to provide professional actor training to parts of the UK that, don't, don't have the access to it unless they go to London. And, and my, my, my remit is that that should be available for everybody. Um, and there's, there's a desire for it. I think the other aspect is, is that it, it, it's open for all ages. Um, that's what, um, I'm, I'm really passionate about it's, it's never too late. So it thought, oh, I really wanted to be an actor when I was in my twenties, but you know, I, I, my, my life took me down another path or I was told to get a proper job. Um, and now I'm, I'm coming to a stage in my life where it's like, no, actually I, I'm re really remembering what makes my soul sing and what makes me happy. And, and of course, and there, there are some members that are just discovering that now, aren't they? We are We've seen people amongst the different classes who've never acted before in their life. They're turning up to the Actors' Lounge and they are finding this new passion and they are good at it. They are people that will go on to be on your TV, film and stage um, and will end up with a name behind them. Yeah, absolutely. And I have, yeah, we've got students who never set foot on the stage before, now have an agent. You know, they've got, they did have their headshots on showreel, they're getting work. And so, yeah, and I think also the pandemic, because it was sort of September 21, so we were coming out of the pandemic, we were sort of still in the throes of it a little bit. That was sort of the start of it. And then, you know, that after that first term, all of those students wanted to stay on, so I had to open a second class. And then all of those students wanted to stay on, so we opened a third, um, and so on and so forth. And, um, you know, now we have... Uh, we have four schools in Canterbury. We opened in Eastbourne in May. Uh, we have two, two, uh, sorry, four, yeah, four courses in Canterbury, two courses in Eastbourne now. Uh, we have the foundation now, there are two courses there. Um, and we've just opened in Norwich um, about three weeks ago, and it's going beautifully there too. 
Um, and we are, we will have another location in, in January, um, that, that we open. As I said, like I'm, I'm kind of riding the wave a little bit and um, I, I don't, I don't, I feel it's, it's happened so organically. Um, I, I, and my, my, my thing is that it's, it's, it really is a family. I, I've always wanted to create that feeling of how I, I don't see myself as this, um, leader sort of telling everybody what to do and, and pushing everything forward. I'm mm. more here to support people doing what they love doing. And I, and that's what I loved about being a producer. It's exactly that same element. So I, I, I encourage students to come to me with projects and, uh, and what, what would you want? How can I support you doing what you love? Like you guys said, oh, we, we would love to do a podcast. Yes, let's, let's do mm. that. You know, I've had other um, students say they'd like to start an actor's agency. Yes, let's do that. <laughs> you know? um, and we've also got a, a, a theatre company now that we're running alongside the, the Actors' Lounge. The, that's been an extraordinary journey as well, if I may talk about that a little bit. Um, that was, uh, supported by one of the two main theatres in, in Canterbury. Um, I met with the, uh, artistic director there about a year and a half ago. Um, and I, well, they had, um, they had a networking event and I just, I just nabbed him after he was sort of walking away and I, after a keynote and I just went around and introduced myself to him. And he said, oh, yes, yes, I've, I've heard about you. And like someone was talking about the, the Actors' Lounge in a pub or something. And um, said, yes, let's have a meeting. And said, look, I really would, would love to, to support what you're doing. And at that point, he was looking at um, this 23-24 season in, in the theatre, mm-hmm. the programme. And, and at that point I was like, oh, you know, it was still very early days in the Actors' Lounge. I thought, oh, you know, should, should we, you know, embark on this? And he said you got to use the Eddie Izzard principle. And I was like, oh, what's the, what's the, cause I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Eddie Izzard. Uh, I, I said, uh, what's, what's that? And he said, uh, basically Eddie's always said, you, you stick a date in the diary, you tell everyone you're doing it and then you have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a very good way of looking at it. <laughs> so that's what we did. We basically went, right, we'll have those dates in the Gulbenkian, the theatre, and then we'll just let everyone know. And we just worked towards it. And we, um, we've we had an, another student, an amazing student who's helped with um, the, Colette, who's helped with the, the uh, Arts Council funding application, which we, we were successful with, um, which again has been another huge boost for us. Um, mm. and a recognition of, of what we're doing. And, um, yeah, we open in three weeks. Um, the, Wonderful. Um, actors are doing so brilliantly. Uh, the show is in, in really good shape. I'm really excited. And it's called Things I Know To Be True. And it's a great piece. Can't wait to see it. We've got our tickets already. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Please go, everybody go and get your tickets. Tell everyone. <laughs> and this is the other thing about the, the concept of this was about um, embedding this in, in, in local um, uh, uh, talent and local uh, giving back to locally to education. So um, in the sense that the remit of the Actors' Lounge Theatre Company is to take uh, plays from the school syllabus or and or practitioners from the school syllabus and put on a production so that students can come and see that in the local area. Um, mm. you know, normally, and so it's a sort of giving back to the community, but using local talent, uh, feedback from schools that, that normally they have to travel to all the way to London 
to see these shows. Um, and now they're able, we've had five big school bookings already. Um, and we're, we're hoping to take workshops into schools as well. So again, like my, my, my remit, my going back to that first class to, to create work for one another. So I'm, I'm, I want to create work for Actors Lounge students beyond that show as well. Like taking, you know, going into school and that, that work, doing the workshops in the schools and, um, yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a real journey and it's been, it, it, it really feels like that theatre company can, can really grow. Cause the other thing that we, we are taking one of the practitioners, we're using frantic assembly oh, awesome. techniques in the, um, there that you, you'll see them, Brilliant. you'll see them peppered in there. Cause I know we've done, frantic I love that stuff, sports, but it's like, there are just moments. So again, like student, if, if students and, and schools do come, uh, they're able to, there's learning uh, possibilities. Which is uh, an amazing view to have for a theatre company as well. So it's, it's a way of giving back at the same time as, as taking something and launching something from within. Totally. Um, I, I have next on my series of questions, uh, what makes the Actors' Lounge different? But I don't think that question's needed anymore. I think, I think we've heard it, it, what makes it so unique and it different. It speaks for itself, yeah. doesn't it? All of these little yeah. things that you're doing, all this way that it's growing, the, the, the immersiveness of the local community and the local actors, mm. um, I think that... The only other thing I can think of that makes the Actors' Lounge different is the teachers. We have an amazing set of teachers that mm. come to us. We've got yourself, we've got Terry, um, we've had people in for one-off on Meisner Techniques. Can you, in a short as time as possible, because um, uh, I think we may run out of time if we go into the depths of all of them, and plus we're going to interview a few teachers further on. Yeah. Just tell us a little bit about the teachers. Well, again, that was a very organic process. Um, if I think back to, and, and for me, again, it, 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 I never put an advert out for teachers. It, it was all meeting and connecting and, and, and connecting through the local uh, area and, and, and local people. So, the, so for instance, the first, I remember the very first person I met was Paula Lane, who is a, a professor at the University of Kent. Um, and worked with Katie Mitchell on nine productions. And I met him because one of the students in that first 16 that, that we had in that first term worked at the University of Kent and knew him. And, and it all just, then Paul knew this person who knew this person, who knew this person and another, and, and, and also another um, connection was again through Colette with Isabel, um, who's one of, another one of our teachers and verbatim practitioners. Um, and so it was all connections. And again, so maybe connecting back to my mum's ability to just, you know, connect with people. I, I just said, do you want to go for a coffee or you want to meet and see if there's, this is something you'd like to, to do? And, and so, yeah, that's, that's how it, it's, it's grown really. And, and um, even now, actually, uh, the next location, which is under wraps for now, but the, lo the next <laughs> location um, will be, uh, it's one of the Guildhall alumni that I met at my dear, um, teacher's funeral. It, it, it just so happened that he was looking, he was looking to teach and he's in the exact location that Perfect. I was looking to open. Oh, by the way, I'm here at the moment. I was like, of course you are. <laughs> of course you are. When all the planets are a lot of synchronicity. Definitely. There is. It's just crazy. And then obviously then, then when Sir Mark Rylance, who is now, I can uh, unbelievably announce is our patron. 
Um, when he said yes to that, I, I just, I mean, uh, I, I said on Radio Kent the other day, I, I'm still peeling myself mm, off the ceiling. Okay. I just, and even that, that was from um, Meg, who is one of our lovely students. The story, the story goes about 20 years, 20 odd years ago, she was doing work experience. She was having to do work mm. experience for school. Um, and all of her other uh, uh, fellow uh, uh, school children, they were looking for, you know, supermarket work experience or office or work experience. And she was just like, to hell with it. I'm going to write to Mark Rylance because <laughs> <laughs> he was um, he was. The, the artistic director at the at the Globe at that time he was there. Mm-hmm. he was the first one for, for the first ten years, and um, it, she said, "Can I come and work on this production?" And he hand wrote her a letter back saying, "Yes, please come." Wow. Um, and unfortunately, the production fell through. But still, you know, she remembered there was that, that connection there, and she she mm-hmm. remembered that. And then, sort of fast forward twenty years, she, she's. Made, we made the connection again. Like he was in Dr. Semmelweis in the West End. He's still in Dr. Semmelweis, actually. Mm-hmm. Really great production. Um, and um, yeah, uh, he's he's told us that he would, he, he, said, he said yes to being our patron. And I, yeah, very, very uh, excited. I, mm-hmm. I will not forget that day that I found out. That's that brilliant. I, I really I'm, I'm sure he wouldn't put his name to something he didn't believe in either. It means a hell of a lot. Really I does. think it's interesting because when you first mentioned um, to us, you said, oh, I'm, I was thinking of asking Mark Rylance um, to be our patron. And, but the things I think you have something about you as well, it's like you just had this determination behind it that it, it was brilliant when you announced that it was happening, but I was kind of also not surprised because it's just, I could tell it was just that it was in your head and you were like, this is going to happen. And yeah, it's incredible. It's much like what you said when you were younger. You just didn't have that doubt about going yeah. to drama school. It was just, that's that's how mm. it's going to happen. This is the pathway. And everybody else sees your pathway and goes, oh, well, she knows what she's doing. We're just <laughs> going to follow her. And Yeah, I secretly don't all the time. <laughs> no, externally, <laughs> at least. Somehow we've yeah. ended up with the Actors' Lounge. <laughs> so it's all good. And we will keep following you as as really strange worshippers that turn up to audition and go, oh, we're Actors' Lounge together. I'm, I am convinced that I have become part of a cult that I'm not aware of. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not a cult, um, right? It's, no, I mean, I, I'm on the cult side of things. All of you, you know, and I just, and it's just, that's, that's the joy for me, the joy in teaching and 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 growing together it, that's what's so exciting for me I, and and being yeah. in class and and what you know when you witness that magic that that it happened in in Norwich I was like yes you know that's what I live for well let me stop you there and just say from all of the students that are involved thank you thank you for doing this thank you for finding something for us and thank you for 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 building the actors lounge but i am curious as to know what is the future of Absolutely. the actors lounge for you you've, yeah. you've hinted on a few things here about different places opening we've got the theater what have you developed a bigger picture from now on or are we just still going to keep on riding that wave we're still riding the wave, Billy. We're still riding the wave. I, I, I think in that it's worked f- so far. <laughs> I, I really don't have any other plans apart from, you know, let's keep on taking the opportunities. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I just, I just want to keep 
supporting people and and helping uh, in in any way that I can. You know, I care deeply about my students and my team and everyone involved in the Actors Lounge. And I'm always trying to think of ways that I can can, can help or, or can support. Um, I'm always on the end of the phone for, for a student if they if they ask a question or they 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 have. And I, I always used to say that to my one to one clients. It's just like when you start working with me, you've just you've, you're stuck with me for the rest of your life. <laughs> I'll be here for you, like uh, like wherever you when you, if you like it or not. Like I will, I I'm, I'll stick by you. And 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 because um, I love investing in people and I love seeing that 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 growth and that progression and that that joy in someone's face when they they get something or something clicks or it's just, there's no other feeling. It's great. It's really, really. I think that's really lovely. And what's kind of kept it real because, I, you know, so many things can just turn into a, a going concern and a business. And I think because the, everything you've described about how it's all happened organically and your enthusiasm, it's just kind of, feels like it's kept it all grounded. It's not turned into, okay, now it's a business. We're churning out. We're going to do more classes and this, that, and the other. It's No, it's completely, uh, you know, you, you've kept the spark. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think yeah, for me, that is one of, as we scale, as we are growing, it's, it's one of the things I talk about the most is how to keep that personal touch and how to, to keep that passion and that, that love of support of everyone there at the, at the heart of it, at the core. I heard an entrepreneur recently talk about having a brand heart. And, and that for me is, is absolutely one of the core values of, of the Actors' Lounge. Um, and uh, I, yeah, I'm very, I'm very determined on that. For sure. Brilliant. <laughs> right. Brilliant. Well, let's take that opportunity there to say thank you again to Abigail Boyd for coming in and chatting to us about herself and the beginning of the Actors Lounge. Um, from the bottom of my heart, thank you very much, Abigail. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's been absolute, absolutely brilliant to hear. I owe a debt of gratitude to everyone and anyone who's walked through the Actors Lounge doors. Um, it's just, it means everything to me. So it's a massive thank you. I'm the one that feels the debt of gratitude. So yeah, thank you. So with that all said and done, I would like to thank you, Abigail, for coming on and talking to me and Andy. And we look forward to having you back in future for lots and lots and lots of other episodes where we can real other coaches and find out what makes them tick. Real them coaches is what I see. <laughs> Thank you. Amazing. Thank you.